Hello listeners, and welcome back to another episode of Cobbs Corner. I'm your host, Morgan Cobbs. In this episode, we'll be doing something a little bit different, hence the title of this episode. I've been working on the Infinity Saga rewatch series, and there will be a new episode this Friday at 10am as usual. It will be my review of Avengers Age of Ultron. However, as most Marvel fans know, the movie Thor Love and Thunder has recently come out. Uh, it came out uh, last Friday, July 8th, and I saw it opening night. I realized that I have not yet reviewed any recent films, and all the films that I've reviewed have been past MCU films, so today I'll be doing a sort of a spoiler-free review for Thor Love and Thunder. These are just my initial thoughts and my takeaways from the movie. If you haven't seen the movie yet, do not worry. As I mentioned, this review does not contain any spoilers. Although I do highly recommend that you all go and see this movie yourself, along with every movie that I review, that I have reviewed so far and that I will review, like general rule of thumb, I highly recommend that you guys check these movies out yourself. You know, this is just my opinion, you know, but uh, no spoilers, I, I, I promise. So, stay tuned. So Thor Love and Thunder is a fun romantic comedy space opera adventure. Uh, we got Taika Waititi returning as the director with even more laughs than Thor Ragnarok and more character development for each of our characters. Uh, the film sees the return of Natalie Portman as Jane Foster as well as Taika Waititi himself as Korg. Uh, we see a, the return of, of uh, Tessa Thompson as Valkyrie who's now king of New Asgard. And you know, for those of you who watch the trailers for this movie, you know that uh, Jane Foster becomes worthy of Mjolnir and takes on the mantle of Thor. Uh, this film helps us to appreciate Thor's journey in the MCU thus far by giving us a synopsis of his journey from 2011's Thor all the way up through and including 2019's Avengers Endgame, which was the last time that we saw Thor. You can see how Thor and Jane had a relationship following Thor the Dark World, but they slowly grew apart as Jane continued her work as an astrophysicist, and Thor had to save the world a few times. It was a great reunion for the two of them to see each other again after they're six years apart. And if you remember in Thor Ragnarok, there's those two uh, just uh, civilians who you know take the picture with Thor, and one of the girls says, like, oh, I'm sorry to hear that Jane dumped you. And so we actually get a, a window into that, that sort of... Uh, uh, relationship that the two of them did have um, between Thor 2 and between, between Thor's uh, 2 and 3 which is about a 4 year uh, gap so while Thor Ragnarok introduced us to Sakaar and the Grandmaster while killing off the Warriors 3 Odin and flat out destroying Asgard which was the only really like cool off world uh, planet well off world like realm like it wasn't even really a planet it was just kind of like a place that existed off-world, just flat-out destroying that. Uh, Thor Love and Thunder instead introduces us to new planets and locations in the universe, along with new characters who live throughout the whole movie, who were introduced in the beginning or in the middle, and they survive throughout the whole movie. Uh, Christian Bale, I think, did a phenomenal job as the villain in this movie, uh, Gore the God Butcher. I think he kind of drew upon his his roles of, like, he played Batman in the, Dark, in the Dark Knight trilogy. I still think he's the very best Batman actor. 
and I guess going back to American Psycho, you know, me personally, I think that Disney, after like 30 years, they finally got Christian Bale back. The last time he worked with Disney was 1992 in the movie Newsies, which you could probably find on Disney+. Plus. You know, Christian Bale really stole the show, and it was fun how we barely, we don't see Gore the God Butcher a whole lot in, in the film. Like, he doesn't get a whole lot of screen time, making him an even more menacing and mysterious uh, villain. Um, it's kind of similar to how like Heath Ledger really stole the show in The Dark Knight as the Joker in that film. I still think Heath Ledger's you know the best Joker uh, in The Dark Knight as you know, as the Joker in the film in which Christian Bale starred as the hero, Batman. Gore is definitely my top five MCU villains um, as of now. He's right up there alongside Thanos, Killmonger, and Zemo. All of these villains have justifiable motives. That's all I'm gonna say about that. At times, the humor did feel a little bit over the top in a sense that the audience, we weren't expecting them to go as far as they did with the jokes. And like the tone of the movie does tend to kind of shift from laughing to shock to sadness. And a lot of times we don't get to fully experience the gravity of these different scenes and the gravity of the, the characters and their emotions. So I feel like it was a lot of like fast paced, like tone shifts. We didn't get to just kind of chill and just explore like the gravity of the emotions and of the challenges that these characters are going towards so this is probably due to Taika Waititi's background with improv and his improvisational style of directing a lot of the scenes in Thor Ragnarok were improvised and Thor Love and Thunder probably contained a lot of improv improvisation as well so it's just a classic case of too much of a good thing I think um you know, like Thor Ragnarok, the soundtrack to Thor Love and Thunder is just awesome. And it really just sets the tone for each scene. It's like each song is a part of the scene. You know, two, you know, throwback jams. You got Guns N' Roses' Welcome to the Jungle and Guns N' Roses' Sweet Child of Mine. You know, they the, the scenes in which they're strategically placed makes the songs feel as if they were a part of the scene. Similar to how... The Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack, those songs are strategically placed throughout those films, making each song feel alive in that particular scene. We actually get an appearance from the Guardians of the Galaxy in this film. As I said before, this film was a fun Thor adventure. Thor is the first MCU superhero to get a fourth solo film. The film further expanded not only the MCU at large, but also the characters of Thor, Valkyrie, Korg, and even Jane Foster. I think that of the Phase 4 movies that have come out so far, namely Black Widow, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, Eternals, Spider-Man No Way Home, uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, and now Thor Love and Thunder, it's crazy to think that they have already released six films in Phase 4 in, the, in a matter of like two years. Uh, this film definitely leaves us at the edge of our seats, waiting for either the next Thor adventure or the next Thor appearance. At the very least, you'll have fun watching this movie, and I think it is an overall good film. I won't say that it's great. I won't even say it's the best film in Phase 4 so far. But you will be able to enjoy a good, solid story with some laughs, some cries, and even some really great visual effects. Overall, I give this movie a 7.5 out of 10. I think that it's a solid B-tier MCU film. I think, you know, Thor Ragnarok 
is, you know, A tier. I Thor Ragnarok is, in my opinion, the best uh, film in the Thor, uh, in the Thor franchise of, of the four Thor movies we've gotten. So, so far we've got Thor, Thor The Dark World, Thor Ragnarok, and Thor Love and Thunder. I think Thor Ragnarok is definitely the best. You know, Thor Love and Thunder, second best. That's all I gotta say about Thor: Love and Thunder. Uh, I can't wait to hear from you guys with your thoughts on this films, uh, on, on on this film. Uh, let me know on social media what you guys thought of Thor: Love and Thunder. Um, you know, let's uh, keep the conversation going. You can either like re record a voice message and send it to me. Uh, that link is down below. And you know, you can uh, follow me on Instagram. Follow Cobbs Corner on Instagram at Cobbs underscore Corner underscore Podcast. Follow me on Instagram at Future underscore Mechanical underscore Engineer. Uh, all these links are down below. Lastly, follow this podcast wherever you're listening from if you haven't done so already because I drop a new episode every Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time and you definitely don't want to miss out. As always, I will talk to all of you in the next episode. Peace.